Torso sounds funny on the game, doesn't it? Test. Yeah, you can say test. I'm actually trying to check the levels now, Gabe, so if you want to do that. Test. Um, Sound good? Testing. What'd you for, what did you have for breakfast, Mike? I had um, a bit of everything. A bit of everything. What about you, Mike? What did I have for breakfast today? Oh, I had toast. How exciting. Never have toast unless I'm in a hotel, so I was uh, treating myself. Don't you have full English? In a hotel? Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the law. I have it. We had some toast, didn't we? I made you guys some toast as well, didn't I? Yeah, and I had What do we have on it? I had some peanut um, butter. We had some... What kind of jam was it? It was like this nice... Strawberry jam, I think. Yes. Yeah, Does make make his own jam, does he? He makes a lot of jam, but there was some, some special jam. Special jam. Happy days. Well, it was just was special. So you um you feeling a bit nervous, Gabe? Mm. I was Ish. nervous. Yeah, I was so nervous doing my first podcast. I was a lot older than you, so. Before well, experience, Gabe. though. You're doing well. You've got a good voice for it, I think. Ready to tell people all about jiu-jitsu? Yeah, but I'm scared if I would mess it up. Preach the truth to the young youth. <laughs> you can't mess it up because T can edit it, you see. So if yeah. you oh, any, that's good. The best thing is just to keep going. Like I remember, like, 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 like I said that a lot. It's okay. I was telling you, Dad, on my first podcast, I said the word legit about 70,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> I say and that's legit a quite word. a lot. Oh, like like this. Jiu-jitsu is legit because you learn legit. <laughs> Legitsu. You can right. basically say what you want, Gabe. It's got to be our answer. Don't don't. If he asks you a question, or if I ask you a question, you shouldn't say what you think we want you to to say. Mm-hmm. We want you to be honest because there's loads of kids going to be listening that maybe thinking about trying jujitsu, and they're going to listen to you and they're going to get a sense of whether it's for them or not. So, like, like, yeah. you might you might listen to you, you might come and join, right? So. Pardon? Maybe not. We can be always beep them out. All right, we're already feeling ready. Yeah. Feeling always. strong. Last thing. Don't really know what we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm tired, but we'll just go into stuff. We did some practicing. Did you? Ish. Well, I'm, we can kind of just roll into this. I'm sure that's a good start point somewhere in there. So, so uh, welcome everyone back to the north. Leeds Jits Kids podcast. First one. First one. Uh, today we've got young young Master Gabriel, uh, Mike's son, with us to give us the kids' perspective. And then me giving the 25-year-old perspective and Mike, <laughs> the land before <laughs> time. 40, 40 plus. <laughs> the OAP perspective on Jiu-Jitsu. Generational. Okay, what are you laughing about? <laughs> the senior. The senior citizen's perspective on Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu from his Zimmer frame. Well, Gabe, I think we're going to ask you a few questions and see see where it goes. When did you, st- uh, when did, yeah, when did you start doing Jiu-Jitsu? Started around about a year ago. Now, a bit less. Now, did you want to get into Jiu-Jitsu because you've seen your dad do it, or did your dad pressure you into it? I saw my dad doing it, and it looked quite fun. Yeah. And... When you went to your first class, what was that like? Well, I kind of, before I actually started, I went to a class, just one class. I didn't have a gear or anything, just wearing a random gear that I bought off a line. Mm-hmm. But it was actually kind of good because 
you got to line up and everything. Then the coaches introduced you and stuff. Was that like a trial class game? It was like a free trial class, wasn't it? Because yeah. we offer that at our school as well, don't we, for kids who want to try it out for the first time so they can come down and experience it, see if it's for them. So I think we took you down to Gracie Barrow Harrogate, didn't we, on like a free trial? I did it like a year before I literally started. Yeah, you did. It was quite a while, wasn't it? I think we used to, I mean, we used to train together, didn't we, at home and we'd always have a bit of a role and play around, which we should, you know, you should definitely do with your kids anyway. But I think, yeah, maybe you've been training regularly at Gracie Barrow Harrogate for, what do you say, about a year? A bit less. A bit less than a year, yeah. And what do you think you've learned mainly in this past year then? Um, I learned the double leg takedown quite well. Is that one of your favourite takedowns, is it? Yeah. Tell me about the double leg takedown if you had to describe it to someone that okay, didn't know. Okay, so it's where you go in your jiu-jitsu stance, which is really strong posture, so no one can push you over or anything. And then you put... So they pretend you've got two pieces of string from your two big toes. Mm-hmm. And then you step on that string... Then put your knee to the ground. Don't slam it to the ground. Just put it lightly on the ground. Grab grab behind their legs and drive them back. That's a pretty good explanation, if you ask me. Yeah, quite technical, right? Yeah. I think that's an interesting way that you've described that, game because I think just without even knowing it, you've, you've talked a lot about the details that we would teach our children techniques. And we try there, you talked about the piece of string, to try to visualise the kids rather than just kind of setting out like we do with our adults, like do this, do that, do that. We try to create kind of visual cues to enable them to remember. So that's brilliant that you remember that. And um, would you say, yes, yeah, so that's your favourite technique. You're pretty good at it, aren't you? Well, yeah, my favourite takedown. Favourite takedown. I know my favourite technique. Oh, what's that then? Scissor sweep. Scissor sweep from, from close guard. Yeah. And why do you like that? Because it's quite fun just scissoring them over. So pretend your legs are some scissors that you get at school, yeah. just scissoring the guy in half. And what, what's the best thing about that technique, would you say? You can get from a not very dominant position, because if they pass your guard and get to um, knee on belly, they get quite a few points. Yes, I'm conscious we're just kind of talking a lot of jiu-jitsu talk here because game has been into this for about a year. So let me just explain a couple of things there. So it's a really good point there, Gabe, about moving from a not very dominant position. And what Gabe means by that is the position he's talking about is close guard. You are on your back. We spoke in the last podcast, didn't we, T, about maybe on some FAQs on the website about the difference between Brazilian jiu-jitsu and other martial arts. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is still really effective when you're laid on your back on the floor. And so Gabriel's talking there about being able to get from laid on his back with someone on top of him to being on top. And now that is like a lifesaver, isn't it? You know, if you're on your back in a difficult situation and you can't get out, you're in big trouble. So that scissor sweep there, fantastic. I'm glad that's one of your favourite techniques because it's one of the most basic, but... It does exactly what jiu-jitsu is all about, and that's putting you in the best position possible on the floor. And what position do you end in when, you, when you've when you done the scissors week? You end in mount, and that's quite that's a really good technique if you're doing, if you're competing. So can you, are you able to, perhaps for kids who have not done jiu-jitsu before, tell them what the mount position is? The mount position is where you're on top of someone. Mm-hmm. So they are laid on the, your back. And you've got, and you're literally sat on the stomach, 
Uh, sat on the belly, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And it's really good because you've got a couple of chokes that you could do in arm locks. And is there is there much that your opponent can do to you? No, not really. Because you're sat on top of them. They, I think, I don't, I'm not sure about this, but I think the only um, thing that they can do to you, I'm not really sure, but I think they might be able to collar choke you. I don't know, probably not. What do you think? So we're going to go pretty technically because like my instructor thing just came out then. Like if they put their arms up to kind of grab your collar, what are they doing? They're straightening their arms. And if they straighten their arms, what are you going to do? Um, you're going to try and fight their arms away. You might do, or you might armbar them because they're putting their arms straight, yeah. right? So That's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a natural reaction for people. And again, we've got quite deep with the jiu-jitsu here, but... You know, most people's natural reaction when they're on their back is to push the person off. Yeah. And by straightening your arms, you're basically giving a jiu-jitsu fighter or a jiu-jitsu player an opportunity to submit you from there. So, yeah, again, from the mountain position, from the, the bottom, there's really not any submissions, really. Mm-hmm. You know, your primary kind of response there needs to be to escape. So it's fantastic this is a sweep because it puts you in, arguably one of the two most dominant positions in jiu-jitsu or in any fight so brilliant so that was quite quite technical but something that if you don't understand jiu-jitsu that you could take away from that is that um that analogy that people make a lot about jiu-jitsu being a lot like chess right there's there's back and forth and there's a lot of thinking involved just like and it's quite easy to see from the conversation you just kind of had like it's not as simplistic as as you know there's branching chains of places you can go with this and it's like a creative yet technical problem solving challenge (laughs) i think that's the essence of it the essence of it i think we put this on the website the essence of jiu-jitsu in my opinion is is problem solving under pressure because you know you have to learn to remain calm in a situation which for most people could be quite adverse and then figure out what the problem is and how to fix it and that's it basically is series of problems to figure out and move past Gabe I've got another question for you now can you think back to about a year ago a bit more than a year ago uh, before you'd started doing any jiu-jitsu um, and if you could go speak to that version of, version of you and you could tell them a little bit of advice to help them on the path do you th- what do you think you'd tell yourself I would tell myself try not to ever get in mount <laughs> <laughs> or someone true. else going on that. So you would understand, I think, maybe, Gabe, I don't know if you're trying to say it. Tell me if I'm saying it right or not. Are you trying to say that a year ago you wouldn't necessarily know what a dangerous position was on the floor? Yeah, because you used to get them, me into them all the time. Yeah, exactly. When, so, we're, um, when we're rolling, yeah, Dad would always kind of try to get to those dominant positions, wouldn't I? And now you understand, don't you? where you are safe on the floor, where you're not safe. What about in class when you've been doing self-defence and stuff? Do you get taught about distance management? Yeah. Go on, can you explain that? If you're an arm's length between them, mm-hmm. that's good, because if you're in a fight um, in the playground or something, that's out of striking range, so they can't So if you're more than an arm's length you. away, yeah, so they can't punch you, can they can't reach you from there. Okay, and, and what, what should you be doing then if, if someone was quite aggressive towards you? 
and you're more than an arm's length away, should you be standing and fighting or should you be trying to get away? Try and get away. Good. Or if you've got no other option, like you're against the wall or something, mm-hmm. put your hands up yep. and say, like, I have what you're doing and, like, I don't want to start a fight. If they go, oh, who cares, and start backing in on you, that's when you can use the double leg. You could, couldn't you, yeah. And then if when you're on top, you can get off the top and go and tell someone, like, a family member or something. You know, from that uh, question, Gabe, I was kind of hoping for some kind of profound philosophical answer. But what you actually said was actually way better than that because from me and Mike's perspective, people have done martial arts for many years now. It's very easy to forget that from that someone with no training doesn't know that the mountain like isn't, isn't like they might be able to give some reason why that's not good, but they might also say, "Oh, you just push them off you like that," all right? And and to someone with no training, that might just seem like a simple thing to do. But it's not. But it's not, right? Because if you're on top of them, you've got good posture. So, so just just knowing that simple fact, like, makes you, you know, could say infinitely more knowledgeable about how to defend yourself. Just knowing that one thing. And um, when you're in danger, I think that's the that's yeah. the true lesson from that, I think. Understanding the positions or the distance when you're at most risk, because that is when... For kids, for adults, for anyone listening, if you understand that, you know when to really try. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, this 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 times in any confrontation or any sport or where you can rest and you can relax, and there's times when you need to be doing everything possible to get out of where you are. And I think that's an important lesson for anybody in a self-defense context. Understanding when you are at most risk is fundamental to your ability to survive that situation, right? Yeah. So we're teaching, trying to teach kids from a really young age. And Gabe, you're, you're nine, right? Um, just nine got into and a year, bit. Yeah, <laughs> and a bit. Cool counts. And you've just got into year... Five. Year five at Roundy Primary. So even before the age of 10, our kids know when they're at most risk, when they're the safest, distance management, how to be dominant in a... In a confrontation and like Gabriel said this was brilliant what Gabe said you can get on top and then go away like we're not there to hurt anybody we're there to get a dominant position establish safety and then go and find help or tell a teacher or a family member so that was excellent the way you described that Gabe and I'm glad you've you've learned that in just like in under a year right yeah I think that goes back to as well uh, my favourite position I think Mike's favourite position definitely coach Khalil's favorite position is neon belly for that ability to disengage have ability to use your hands and, and also if needed go into mount very quickly because if you're on mount and this guy's just come up to you like i don't care um you take them down if you go on top and you get flipped over yeah it's onto no your back yeah they're gonna think you've and you've started in Mount, they're gonna think you want to start a fight. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, when do you speak to like your uh, friends at school much about jujitsu, or do they ask you many questions about it? I spoke to one of my mates. Yeah, and did he think it was a bit strange, or what did he think? Yeah, he thought it was weird 
because he went to martial arts and he thought it would be weird because with martial arts you're just kicking and stuff. Mm-hmm. He thought it would be weird just technically on the top and stuff. Yeah. What kind of, did he ask you any questions about it? Not really. Did you try and explain what jiu-jitsu was to him a little bit though? Yeah. I said it's more technical than martial arts. Hmm. What do, you, what do you mean by technical game? Like when you're on top, there's a, mo- a lot more things that you can do, but it's better because there's like arm bars. That's technical. It's a technique, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you mean there's lots of options? Yeah, because with karate, there's just like kicking and stuff. Yeah, I mean there are lots of different types of kicks. There's lots of different kind of punches, but I think fundamentally you're right. I mean striking and hitting pads or hitting blocks or whatever you know after a while we're just kicking pads and blocks but when you are engaged in a grappling match let's say it goes back to what you said T it becomes that cerebral kind of kind of problem solving game of human chess right and it's just infinitely there more interesting and fun and it kind of tests your wits a little bit as well right the other thing as well is and we could talk about competition because, Gabe, you've competed once, right? Once. Um, and did really well. We could talk about that. I don't today, maybe another podcast. Um, it also allows people and kids nine years old to actually spar together in a safe way. And, you know, we're not going to put, well, we don't teach striking anyway, but a striking martial arts school is not going to have, I would suggest, two nine-year-olds full contact sparring because that would be kind of wrong I think they actually you can go to my striking school <laughs> oh, right, okay. kind, in my opinion that's a bit they kind question. of do though don't they they have like these ninjaing competitions you, know, you could put pads on I suppose I think for me like and it's an individual thing you know as a school owner like I don't want to see nine year olds punching each other in the face like I just don't want to see it yeah because you could think... get black nose and this almost like it's crying something I just think it's wrong yeah. I just think it's wrong to be doing that and that's just my opinion but I think having a roll around on the floor where no one's in pain or, or the chance of someone being in pain mitigated hugely because you can tap, you know, I can accept. Yeah. Coming from a striking background, I do also agree with you. Like, I think, like you say, with it being more technical, there's there's, there's, there's a vast amount of things that you need to learn in jiu-jitsu, which is why I think it's better to start it as, as young as you can. With striking, like my background in Thai boxing, there is. Is Thai boxing? Yeah, I started Thai boxing when I was five, till I was about twenty. Quite um, a long time then. Quite quite a long time. Um, and there's still lots of techniques to learn, but it's more of a perfecting of those techniques than well, you know, you could learn probably a new technique in jujitsu every you know day of the year for like. Your whole life. For all your whole life, like. Well, like, I don't really think there's that much techniques, but I get your point. Well, the, I think the difference is that, that maybe you're right, Gabe, but I think that the dis, the difference is every technique needs to be modified for the position of the other person's body and the other person that you're training with. So that's when the the options become endless because no two times you do a cross college joke are ever the same. But I'd argue every time you throw a left hook, it's it's sim- it's more similar, I would suggest. Mm. So that's coming up to about 20 minutes now. I want to keep these nice and short. Gabe, do you have any... How have you found your first podcast? 
It was fun. Yeah? Good. We tend to ramble all over with this, don't we? The, the, yeah. We set off with a track of what we want to talk about. We end up talking about the difference between striking. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is good because we can just kind of be relaxed about it. Absolutely. Okay, do you have any um, closing thoughts? Mm. No, not really. That's okay. Are you going to come back on to do the podcast with us again? Hope so. Well, we'd love to have you back. So, um, that's the episode in the bag. Of course, if you want to learn more about Jiu-Jitsu and what we offer for uh, kids from three all the way up to uh, 15 years old, and then, again, into the adults class, uh, you can have a look on our website. Link is in the description. Uh, you can find the links to our social profiles and everything else down below. Mike, anything else? No, well done, Gabe. You did great there, mate. Yep, smashed it, bud. <laughs>